You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones, here with your midday news for Tuesday, February 28, 2023. The Carroll City Council split 3-3 last night regarding a rezoning request for a property outside city limits but under the city's planning and zoning regulations. The property in question is owned by Richard and Marcy Wernemont. It sits just under a mile northeast of town on Noble Avenue. Their son, Colin Wernemont, had planned to build a welding shop on the property that would be used primarily for the family's farming operation, but some small-scale manufacture of John Deere equipment parts would also occur in the structure if approved. The Wernemonts are requesting two parcels of land, totaling about 45 acres, be rezoned from an agricultural district with agricultural preservation overlay to an I-2, or General Industrial District, so that the shop could be built. Ward 4 Councilwoman Carolyn Seaman says she and the council want to support young entrepreneurs, but the community's existing comprehensive plan limits their options. We are between a rock and a hard spot here, and I've mentioned this to people who called me about this, but we have to deal with the current zoning situation. We are mandated to draw up a comprehensive plan, mm-hmm. and that plan, then it, we drop our zoning ordinance. Our zoning ordinance is the law. So for me, we're being asked because of what we have now in our current zoning ordinance based on our comprehensive plan, which is the policy that is implemented in our ordinances. Our hands are tied. We would be breaking our own law. She adds the I-2 designation would allow for sanitary landfills, sewage lagoons, stockyards, junkyards, or other similar uses to be constructed in that area, even if that's not their intent. Rezoning approval would bring other legal hurdles to the city as it would create an island of differently zoned land surrounded by agricultural land, which is considered spot zoning by state code and illegal. The city had received at least four similar requests over the last 18 months that were denied on nearly identical grounds. Interim city manager Jeff Kaler says this approval would remove the legal justification for those denials. We've turned down several requests in the last year or two because the intended use was not in conformance or was not consistent with the comprehensive plan. And that's kind of what we're talking about now, that if the council and the P&Z wanted to make this kind of change, it would have to be kind of a wholesale change. We couldn't do it on a piecemeal basis. The council chambers were close to capacity at Monday's meeting. Nobody who spoke during the public hearing outright opposed the rezoning. Before the council voted on the issue, city attorney Dave Bruner offered his legal advice. I would not recommend this council to violate Iowa code. And again, it says the regulations shall be made in accordance with the comprehensive plan. A motion to reject the rezoning request failed on a 3-3 tie vote with council members Carolyn Seaman, Laverne Dirks, and J.J. Shrek supporting the denial and Misty Bass, Kyle Bauer, and Tom Bornero favoring the change. City officials then turned their attention to the options they had to help the project along. The comprehensive plan, which was approved in 2009, could be revamped, but that could take up to 18 months and would be an expensive proposition. Alternatively, the Planning and Zoning Board could propose an amendment to the city's comprehensive plan, but any changes would need to originate from the PNZ Board and not result in spot zoning. The issue will likely be brought back to the Council's agenda in upcoming meetings. Video from last night's proceedings is included with this story on our website. 
A local healthcare provider, St. Croix Hospice in Denison, has been awarded the National Hospice and Palliative palliative care organization's highest honor for the second consecutive year. The NHPCO's Quality Connections program was created in 2021 and recognizes eligible agencies for continuous quality improvement and awards facilities rings in the areas of education, application measurement, and innovation. St. Croix Hospice is one of only a half dozen organizations nationwide to receive four rings for both years of the program's existence. Vice President for Clinical Services Ashley Arnold says it is a great honor to be recognized for our commitment to innovative, patient-centered care. An HPCO's Four Rings recognition affirms St. Croix Hospice's efforts as an industry leader to consistently raise the bar in clinical excellence and exemplary patient care. The company operates in 10 Midwest states. Their Denison location serves a nine-county region, including Audubon, Carroll, Crawford, Sac, and Shelby counties. And Audubon County residents head to the polls next week to decide on the future of a proposed new fire station in town. The structure currently used by the department was built in 1971 as a car dealership, and Audubon Fire and Rescue moved into the building in 1975. The building has been added to three times since then, but the facility can no longer be expanded due to floodplain issues and existing property lines. According to City Administrator Joe Foran, the station, if approved, will be about 11,700 square feet. Include four bays and allow future expansion. We would have kitchen, meeting room, offices, weight room, locker rooms. The project's proposed design is a phased approach that would allow for future additions and growth. The first phase includes four bays for trucks and vehicles to enter. The general obligation bond referendum for $2.8 million will appear on the Tuesday, March 7th special elections ballot. Foran says the bond would affect taxpayers by about $3 per $1,000 of taxable assessed valuations. That's in addition to the existing levy. He adds with fiscal year 2024's maximum property tax already being set, the increase will appear in FY25. It won't be in our fiscal 24 budget. It'll be in the fiscal 25 that we'll have to tax for it because it, of course, is be to that point of being put in the budget until after we do all our budgeting and everything. So it won't make it in. The vote does need a 60% margin to pass. Foreign says early voting is available at the Audubon County Courthouse, and then individuals can go to the Agra Hall at the Audubon County Fairgrounds next week to vote in person. That's from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. To date, the Audubon Fire and Rescue volunteers have raised over $355,000 to help pay for the new building. And we do need to step away here for just a moment. We'll be right back. More news is on the way after this on KCIM. Alwyn Distributing, the leading beer and wine wholesaler in the Carroll area, has an immediate opening for a full-time delivery person. Work in a fun, team-oriented environment. A Monday through Friday flexible work schedule. Excellent health and dental plans. Company contributed retirement. Paid vacation with sick leave. And bud work gear provided. If you have or can secure a Class A CDL and can lift up to 45 pounds, apply in person at Ike Allen Distributing, 102 North Grant Road in Carroll. Or email Alwyn at AllenDist.com. Kitchen remodels can be costly, but Brinks Cabinets and Design can help you save money. Don't go to the big box store out of town looking for a deal. Instead, make Brinks and Carol your first stop and talk to me, Michelle Simons. We have cabinets that fit every budget, whether you're looking for one cabinet or a whole room. I can design the layout and help you pick the best cabinet at a price that works for you. Brinks Cabinets and Designs, 301 Griffith Road, 712-4045. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. 
Support for the Carroll County Pheasants Forever is at an all-time high as tickets for their 38th annual banquet are sold out. Three years ago, the organization's board moved the event from the Carrollton Center to the Arcadia American Legion Hall to account for the growth. As of this morning, all 500 tickets for the Saturday, March 4th banquet have been purchased. Chapter President John Danner says it is the first time in his 15 years with Pheasants Forever that it has ever sold out. Well, I think it shows that Carroll County loves conservation and they're super interested in keeping good habitat for any kind of animal, obviously pheasants, but it's any kind of conservation practice from filter strips to any kind of tree or shrub planting. It's a cool thing about Carroll County Pheasants Forever. All of our money stays local, so it does not go national. It doesn't go anywhere. All of our money stays in Carroll County, so it's a huge resource for Carroll County residents. Typically, Carroll County Pheasants Forever welcomes walk-ins at the annual banquet, but that will not be the case this year. Danner says it is unfortunate that they'll have to turn some people away, but they are already preparing to make 2024's banquet even bigger. While tickets might be sold out, Danner says there are other ways for people to support the local Pheasants Forever's mission. You can help in a lot of ways. So first thing, we have a Facebook page. We have Carroll County Pheasants Forever. So you can get on there. You can contact us there. So in the spring, we do a lot of community projects. So we do a lot of wildlife burning, so habitat improvements. And then we also plant trees and shrubs for people. So if you're thinking that you have a project that, hey, this looks a little big. I got 500 trees I need to plant. It's going to take me forever. Contact Pheasants Forever. We can help you plant them. Danner adds they also host a youth pheasant hunt every fall to introduce new people to the hobby and provide a variety of other resources to local landowners. On behalf of the membership, Danner thanks the area's hunters, conservationists, businesses, and others for their overwhelming support. So one of the cool things about Carroll County Pheasants Forever is that we have fundraised over $1.5 million since it started. So if you look at all that money stays locally, we are educating youth about outdoor activities. We are planting trees, we're planting shrubs, we're planting native habitats. It's all for Carroll County residents. And so it's just a huge thing that shows the support that Carroll County gives to Pheasants Forever that, you know, $1.5 million is, a, is not a small number. So I just want to say thank you to Carroll County. For more information about the Carroll County Pheasants Forever or to get involved, use the contact points included with this story on our website. A Wall Lake man is the latest local winner from the Iowa Lottery after claiming a $10,000 scratch ticket prize. Sean Lawler won the first top prize in Blackjack Doubler, a $2 ticket featuring six top prizes and overall odds of 1 in 3.81. Lawler purchased his ticket from the Chemist Wall Lake Country Store and redeemed his prize on Friday at the Lottery's office in Storm Lake. A photo of Lawler and his winnings is included with this story online. And the Carroll Community School District Board of Education had mixed positions on whether some reading material should stay in the district. At yesterday's school board meeting, they read a recommendation about three books that were flagged for their perceived graphic content. The books being questioned were A Court of Thorn and Roses, A Court of Mist and Fury, and A Court of Frost and Starlight, all of them penned by the same person, Sarah Moss. Superintendent Dr. Casey Burlaw read off the Reconsideration Committee's findings. Committee met last week, a week ago, not today. Uh, they had reviewed three books between the last time they met and Monday, so you can see that the series uh, we have three of the four, uh, I guess, in this series, and you can see uh, that they voted to keep seven to keep, one to restrict the book Court of Thorn and Roses. 
Six to keep, one to restrict, one to remove the court of mist and fury, and seven to keep, one to restrict the court of frost and starlight. Before the board voted on the books, board member Karen Friedline questioned what restricting a book in the district meant. Burlaw says that could be a variety of things. They're not going to tell us what that looks like. We would have to then figure that out if the board accepted that recommendation. So we would have to decide if that means we put it in a special place in the library or that kind of thing. We are we do have the, the possibility of our parent can fill that form out and say, I don't want my child to check that book out. That's what we're strict with. Or maybe it's a, you got to be a certain age to, to read it or that kind of thing. We would have to define that. The board voted 4-1 to one to keep a Court of Thorns and Roses and a Court of Frost and Starlight, with Freeline being the lone no vote on that one. The board then voted on the third book, passing on a 3-2 to two vote, with Freeline and board member Dwayne Horsley being the no votes. So far, all books brought up for review have stayed within the district with no restrictions. Full audio from Monday's CCSD Board of Education meeting is included with this story on our website. And that is going to wrap up your look at KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cohns reporting.